back, everyone, to another episode of the Young Pyromancers podcast. It's been a while um, with, like, school, holiday, planning, whatever, but we are back for a couple more episodes before we take off for Christmas break. Uh, we might release some episodes in there, but most likely uh, we're going to be pausing for a little bit after the, this week's episodes. But today we're going to be finishing up our command, or starting or to finish, starting to finish of our review of all of the commanders and commander legends we're going to be talking about all of the solo commanders so non-partners there are 32 of them we're going to cover about half of them in this episode um, and uh yeah i'm here with my host charlie yeah, i am here um yeah we're it's been a while but we thought might as well finish uh Try and finish up the Commanders and Commander Legends, and so we're uh, starting right now. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, we're gearing up for Caltime, so let's finish up some Commander Legend stuff before uh, Caltime uh, preview start, which should be in like two weeks, right after or after the New Year. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, Charlie, why don't you kick us off with our first solo commander in these? I would colors. be happy to. Kangi, Sky Warden, is three, a white and a blue, for a 3-3 legendary creature, Bird Wizard, with flying and vigilance. Whenever Kangi, Sky Warden, attacks, attacking creatures with flying get plus two, plus O oh until end of turn. And whenever Kangi blocks, blocking creatures with flying get plus zero, plus two until end of turn. Yeah, so, I mean, both of those abilities are very relevant, especially because Kangi is vigilance. So it'll help your blocking creatures and your attacking creatures. Um, um, I think Kangi's good, and I like the area that's playing into. But what what are your thoughts on Kangi? Um, well, uh, the attack and block bonuses also um, Kangi has flying, so it also helps out Kangi. And Kangi becomes a five three when it attacks and a three five when it blocks. So that's cool. Uh, I think that a 5-3 Flying Vigilance attacking with other words is pretty good. I mean, um, baseline is just small Sarah Angel. And then yeah. oh, and then it gets bigger for attacking, smaller, and also bigger for blocking. Yeah, seeing as this is an uncommon card that costs 9 cents, um, I feel like this is a card that some people might just stumble upon and then have. And I think that there's definitely a pretty fun, easy-to-make deck that costs under $10 with, like, a bunch of healer's hawks. Um, it seems like a really fun we thing to play in a casual hawk. play group. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, I would say, Flyers decks generally are just a great place to start for any new commander oh, yeah. player. Because it gives you a direction to play into, uh, but it, again, it's not a very hard deck to pilot. It's a... I mean, you just slam down flyers. You are obviously going to run your... Um, I was going to sing Lingering Souls, but that doesn't work. But uh, your um, any any of your spirit makers, your bird token makers, uh, migration, uh, migratory route, and those sort things of things that, that make you... Create width. Right. So this is a go-wide deck. You want your creatures to be going wide because swinging with your 1-1 one, one tokens that become 3 ones is very good. I'd say the only potential downside to Kangi is that it is 5 mana. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. And seeing as it's not the most powerful effect, um, it might be a little sketchy at times. Maybe you want to run some protection. But as a budget deck, that seems like a really, really good commander. Yeah, no, I think on a budget, Kangi's a very good commander. Uh, next up, we've got Quain Iterant Metaller. White and blue, legendary creature, first ever rabbit, rabbit. So legendary creature, rabbit was rabbit calls wizard. for a celebration. Yeah. Uh, so this is the hare in the tortoise in the hare story. There's also a tortoise. So, uh, uh, Queen is a one three, and Queen can tap for the effect. Each player may draw a card. Then each player who drew a card this way gains one life. So it's basically. A very long no one's ever basically no one ever is going to say no i don't want to draw a card and gain a life unless you're about to deck yourself so most of the time this is just tapping to uh draw everyone cards gain everyone life this is n not a particularly great commander 
I'd much rather be playing Kaneos and Tiro. You it's get the extra two mana. Green. I mean, yes, it's very interesting. But I think this is definitely more of a 99 card. That, that's what I'm thinking. Um, there's If you were to run it as a commander, um, there's probably a few ways to go. Of course, you can make a pretty fun group hug politics deck or something. Uh, but Or you can make it... I don't know how this how well this would go in Azorius, but you can make a Nekusar kind of deck. I'm a big fan of Nekusar. Um, and... You know, being able to say, like, if you do choose to draw this card, you're going to lose three life. And then eventually it might be a situation where it says tap, draw a card. That's a really, really strong uh, effect. Right, yeah. Tapping to draw a card, but disincentivizing people, especially because they're going to gain a life. Yeah. Even if you do have some sort of Nekosaur effect that pings them for one. Uh, coin coin appears to be more of a lends itself better to a group hog strategy because it has that may may text so yeah i don't know i don't i don't know how great coin is as a commander but definitely uh good at two mana as a group hog piece yeah uh and then next up we have a uh so just for reference each of the guilds has two commanders are not sort of not really. There are two commanders, an uncommon and a rare, for all of the guilds? Question mark. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for every guild. Uh, and then there are some yeah. mythics and like Wyleth and AC Tyrant. Of right, Rastrian. but those are the those are the uh, precon commanders. Yeah. So those are not in the main set. So those are just the exceptions. Um, but so that was Azorius. Now we're moving on to Demir. Of um, so a very good color we're moving into is Arami of the Dead Tide. One, a blue and a black for one for a legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. A lot of words. Tap and exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. Target creature card in your graveyard gains Encore until end of turn. Its Encore cost is equal to its mana cost. Encore is exile the creature card and pay its mana cost. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only as a sorcery. Ooh. This one is... This one's this one's uh, a lot of words, but man, is this deck... The Arami is just so powerful. Um, just activating Arami to get back... I don't know, let's start very low. Best target for Arami at one mana. Stitcher's Supplier. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a lot so... of ATBs. So at ETBs, right, you you exile three cards from your graveyard, then you pay a black mana, you get Stitcher Supplier. Stitcher Supplier says when it ETBs, you mill three. So, but you and have three dies, of them. You mill three. You get three of them, and then you have to attack the opponents, right? So they'll probably die by being blocked or something. Or and if not, at end of turn, they get sacrificed, right? So then you mill another nine. And so, now so that just fuels your graveyard forever. You go to your end step, and you have milled 18 cards for one mana. Yeah, or, and, and three cards initially. Yeah. But Arami is just crazy. And then you've got dumb finishers, like reanimating, uh, or I wouldn't say dumb, just absurd. Like uh, Gary, Grey Motion of Asphodel. Um, oh, yeah. I was thinking yeah. Grave Titan, but that definitely too. Grave Titan is more expensive, but yeah, Grave Titan's very good, so it's Massacre <laughs> Have War. Have you ever wanted 12 free zombies? Yeah, Grave Titan's very good, but... I mean, well, Gary has a good budget option for this deck. Just comes out of the graveyard, and at a bare minimum, if you just have a Raumi and the Grey Merchant tokens, uh, that's seven devotion to black, because they all see each other when they enter. So, they, uh, well, they all enter, the ability goes on the stack, right? And then it deals seven damage, and you gain one, and you gain 21 life. To each. To, you deal seven. If you have three opponents, then it deals seven to each opponent. You gain twenty-one life. Then repeat this two more times. So at the end of this, you've gained set sixty-three life, and each opponent has lost twenty-one. And that's assuming you don't have any other black pips on your board. So around me, that is obscene. I think around me is. I don't know. Even Scary. though we've just started, I think around me is the most powerful. Casual commander. That's like quite oh, not not like CEDH type this, thing. This is a three mana commander. This is something that can get out and running very very fast. And it's an uncommon. I mean, even at an uncommon, so many people are building this. This is the second most built commander legend from with good uh, reason. Yeah, I mean it. 
according to EDA track. It's it's only seventeen cents though. So, oh gosh, it's an uncommon. I think you want to build this. Like this is just such a good deck and yeah, encore very cool. There's so many shenanigans you can do with this. This is basically like mini Moldrotha, right? It's just like you get to cast creatures from your graveyard. Every you turn. don't get green, but now, yeah, once every turn you have to exile cards from your graveyard. But Charlie, this sounds like a deck that you would really enjoy, especially because oh, yeah. you like looping Playcrafter and getting three Playcrafters into play is very oh, good. That, do- that does seem good. I will say that does seem good. Yeah, and then you just sack all the Playcrafter tokens when they come in. So yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to read our next card here? Yeah, let's go to Nimrus Una's Trickster. Nimrus is three blue and a black for legendary creature Fairy Knight, 1-6. With Flash, Flying, and whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, look at the top two cards of your library. Put two of those cards in your hand and other in your graveyard. This would be very good if it was not five mana. Um, It helps that it has Flash, so you can Flash it in at end of turn, but still, five mana for this effect doesn't seem all that impactful. I could be wrong, but it just does this. This effect is good, but at five mana, it's too much. Um. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. Seeing as there's cards like Slitherwisp that are three mana and allow you to draw a card, and each opponent loses one life. Um, with Flash, you know, it's just a blue, a black, and a black for a three-two, and it's whenever you cast another spell that has Flash, which is probably arguably better. Yeah, I mean, we did time. ask for a, in our in our commander our commander card design uh, commander design lab slash commander wishlist episode a couple of months ago. We did ask for a flash tribal commander, but I think this one's falling a little bit short. It's it's too much mana. Flash is something that you want to be getting out early and then doing it a lot of times. Nimrus is late and only wants you to do it once per turn. So I don't know how great Nimrus is. Yeah, but, it feels uh, like by turn four, when your opponents are, you know, encoring gray merchants, you should probably be doing better things than casting an opt on your opponent's end step and then getting to look at two extra cards and draw another one. Yeah, no, it it doesn't seem very impactful. Like it doesn't. It also doesn't give you a route to victory. It just has you draw a couple of extra cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one's one not being built incredibly like, much. It's it, it's very low impact. Even Slither Wisp lets you like you could if you storm off somehow, then you can deal a bunch of damage to your opponents. But Nimrus doesn't seem very great. Yeah. Um. Moving on. Now we're in Rakdos. We have Blim, comedic genius. It's a good name. Two a black and a red for a four three legendary creature. Imp. How many imps have we seen? With flying, and whenever Blim, comedic genius, deals combat damage to a player, that player gains control of target permanent you control. Then, each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of permanents they control, but don't own. So this is like weird, tainted Zedru. Like, instead of Zedru helping you, Blim gives stuff to people. Like, Zedru, obviously, you want to be gifting things that are bad for your opponent. But A, Blim gives you access to black, which is more likely to want to give stuff away. Um, and B, Blim actually gives you a better route to victory instead of just like drawing you a bunch of cards. Like If you give away all your stuff, then your opponent's hands are just being constantly stripped. And uh, they're, discarding, well, they're discarding cards and they're losing life. You obviously want to be running all like the Harmless Offering and... Uh, humble defector and stuff that gives your stuff away but oh, i was thinking of uh, something a little more crazy for a racto stack maybe something like scramble verse would be fun scramble voice yeah the chaos everyone uh, like thieves auction warp world that sort of thing also works. and then people are playing a game of who can randomly get the best permanent or who can top deck the best cards because everyone's discarding their hand they're discarding like every non-land permanent because they don't control it, own it or they rather they don't own any of them right so yeah I, I think blim very cool you can give away all of your like liches mastery and that sort of thing yeah uh yeah anything with the word lich in it is pretty good for giving away with blim for sure. uh, next up we've got jury master of the review which is a black and red for a legendary creature human shaman. 1-1, one, one, whenever you sacrifice a permanent, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Jury Master to review. When it dies, deals damage to its power equal to any target pass. It's just not impactful at all. 
It's cool. It's two mana, but it's a good tiny leader. Which there are the format so is making many a resurgent, but there are so many Rakdos commanders that are cheap. Yeah, Rakdos is like a, if you want to do this type of deck, you're much better off with Judith. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's Judith it, is that. just way better, and a Judith is a twenty five cent card. Don't you don't have to worry about budget. All right, why don't you read our next card? Sure. Uh, Integral. Hans Eriksson is two, a red and a green for a 1-4 legendary creature, Human Scout. Whenever Hans Eriksson attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped in attacking, defending player, or a planeswalker they control. <coughs> Excuse me. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. Whenever, when you put a creature card onto the battlefield this way, it fights Hans Eriksson. It's neat, and it looks like saffron olive, but it's not a good card. Yeah, the, I mean, you could occasionally get stuff, but you have to attack, and it's a one four. It's not like a six seven. It's just a like cool, cool attacky command uh, card. I'd rather have this. In, this is very cool in the ninety nine of decks. Yeah, it's really interesting. I I, I don't think it's a, it, it's good in like a gul aggro type build. But I don't think that's going to get you anywhere as a commander. It's good in the 99 of stuff. Play a cool defenders deck. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, next, we've got two-year bear claw, which, uh, along with Hans, is making Gruel look pretty bad. One red and a green uh, legendary creature, human warrior 2-2, two -two, whenever two-year bear claw attacks, gets plus X plus X, where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. This is just a reverse so fair in the hedge hammer. And so fair in is just better. It's and two it's only mana. two mana. I mean, yeah, you get green with two, yeah, but like... Mm, it's another Gruul attacky commander, what can I say? Yeah. There's like... There's, there's better options in Gruul. Oh, I'm gonna I, play an elf, and then I'm gonna play two year bear claw, and then I'm gonna wait three more turns, then I'm gonna play Paris I'm gonna attack with a 10-10. And then, then my, before a, you de I declare attacks, my two year bear claw is going to get shocked to death. Yeah, it doesn't even have like a permanent buff, it's just yeah. when it attacks. So I think Tyria Bearclaw is uh, incredibly not good. Um, yeah, oh, you can you can. Uh, so yeah, Ghoul not looking so good. Uh, Tuya not not stacking up versus Arami. But uh, yeah, why don't we read this guy? This guy's cool. Oh yeah, it's an elephant. Hamza, Guardian of Arashin. Is that how you say it? Arashin. I don't know. Uh, it's the Abzan yeah. house thing. It's four, a green and a white for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature, Elephant Warrior. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, this is like the perfect Selesnia counters. Oh my god. Oh, I've been waiting so long, but it's not Abzan, so I'm just It's not Abzan. Abzan, it is not um, my so for now. So sad. But <laughs> uh, this card is but... this card is incredibly good. Oh yeah, no, you're ramping. It, it's ramp. The commander gets ramped out if you have one on counters and things. You're gonna run your um, Bonsri solidarity type effects where you get one encounters on all your stuff. Um, well, what, what, what's the what's the card? Is it animation module? Animation module that makes you when it, that makes you sovos whenever you put counters and stuff, right? Yeah, animation module and the other one to get counters. Durable handicraft. Creatures. Durable handicraft. Yeah, all those codes oh, are well, going. Okay, okay, so here here's the thing. Durable handicraft. Um. Yeah, so with durable handicraft, you can just pay one and put a plus one plus one counter creature on any creature control. And then if you're playing, I don't know, you play colorless creatures. This goes internet with Sloak and Ashnod's Alter. Like, you're, you're playing all this these is, cards. In this is cards. making, like, the amount of reduction and cost this is doing is going to be incredibly, incredibly large. And with Selesnya having so much protection, um, like, wide wide board protection. Yeah, whether that speed. be, like, heroic intervention yeah. or unbreakable formation. This is going to be a really, really, really strong engine if it doesn't get removed, I think. Yeah, no, I think Hams is great. Uh, 
Yeah, good, good job, Hamza. Uh, next up, we've got Lathiel the Bounteous Dawn, which I attempted to brew before realizing that my entire brew was invalidated by one singular wood. Lathiel is too green and white for a legendary creature unicorn, 2-2, two, two, lifelink, at the beginning of each end step, if you gained life that this tone. Distribute up to that many plus one plus one counters among any number of, here's the keyword, other target creatures. I built this as a life gain Voltron deck, and it was super cool. Until I realized after the game that we played that Lathiel only lets me put counters on other creatures. <laughs> so, I, I I read this like a uh, Heliod on steroids, but... Um, it's still good. Chaplain's Blessing, which is like a oh, white yeah. mana for you gain five life for a singular white mana, now reads you gain five life, then put five one round counters on something at end of turn, which is obscene. However, you can't put it on Lathiel because Lathiel is just going to remain a 2 2 and you can't put the one round counters on it. So, um, still good, don't get me wrong, but not as good as I originally thought it was. Yeah, I, uh, I think that, well, once again, I think this one, uh, it's super strong. It, I think it's definitely super good, and it represents a really strong engine, just like Hamza. But I think that the main loss here is, unlike Hamza, this doesn't have something that allows you to really go off. You have to spend all your mana, and you can't make all your creatures free, which I feel like might lead to some um, inability to protect your creatures and a lot of doom blading. Yeah, I feel like Lathiel, you're still in green, green white, so you run all the green white protection spells. But um, from me trying to brew this, the route definitely to attempt to go, if you're building it on a budget, is the Chaplain's Blessing effects, whether that be like Life Goes On, which can gain you 8 life for 1 mana. Um, there are a bunch of the effects. Feed the Pack, which can get, which gain you 10 life for 2 mana. Oh yeah. Um, if you have a creature with power 4 or greater. But uh, you want to be going wide, making big, large tokens. But the fact that you just get so destroyed by Bold Wipes... Uh, and you have no way to recover, unlike Hamza, which allows you to ramp out all your creatures really quickly again. Lathiel becomes 6 mana, and then your engine just gets killed if you get board wiped once. So I don't think... I, I think Lathiel is powerful, but not amazing. I, I I think you could build it, but... If this was if this was a partner commander, oh my gosh. It would be oh, oh, if this was a partner commander, then you could run it with um, Rehan. Then yeah. you load up Rehan, and then Rehan keeps the counters. I feel like it's so close to getting there. It just needs, maybe it just needs the right build. Maybe it needs yeah. another commander with it. it it's just missing. I don't, I don't know. Lathiel, I mean, I like green white life gain. Oh yeah, I, I like the I like the idea. That's that's also something that we asked for in our Commander Legends. Uh, oh no, sorry, our Commander wish list was a green white life gain commander. That's what we wanted, and we got it. it. Except it doesn't draw you cards. It doesn't ramp you. It doesn't lead you to a win initially because you can get so slowed down by just Lathiel getting killed and then you are holding a bunch of chaplain's blessings which do nothing it's very commander dependent unlike Hamza where you can just beat in with a bunch of things and then Hamza uh Hamza's commander tax gets reduced by that I, I think uh yeah at the end of these first 10 commanders uh I don't know around me Hamza and uh and blim i like blim yeah very cool and kangi too Kangi's cool. but a lot of these ended up being a little bit under yeah. in, the, in the power department uh but yeah this, this this looks pretty good all right move into orzov yeah so first up in orzov the rare is liaza shroud of dusk liaza is two a white a white and a black so five total mana for a five five legendary creature angel of course flying in lifelink and, rather than pay two colorless for each previous time you've cast the spell from the commands on this game, pay two life that many times. And, whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life. Sweet. No, this looks great. I mean, uh, it's 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 similar to, like, Campbell. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's a more expensive Campbell. However, if Campbell gets killed twice... It's seven mana. If Liza gets killed twice, it's still five mana. Because she lets you uh, pay two life every time. Um, you, you should be able to reliably cast Liza 
and not have to worry about um, commander attacks. Yeah, I'm just I'm a fan of angels. I'm a fan of life gain, um, and this seems like a really cool card for life gain slash drain decks. I mean, right. So everyone's losing life, but you're mitigating your life loss with your life gain. Um, yeah, no, I think Lee's is really good. Uh, cool card. Yeah, Lee's is the last of like the Innistrad angels. So you had like Avison. They all have double white in their casting cost and in other colors. So it's like Avison. Uh, Sagoda, Gisela, and the other one, Bruna. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think they're all, it, it's all very cool. Um, yeah, Lies are pretty good. Um, let's move on. Next up, we've got Felice, Reverend Medium, three white and a black, legendary creature, human cleric, three four. Yeah, at the beginning of each end step, create X11 white spirit creature tokens with flying, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. Wow. <laughs> We're continuing to move on this chain of the uncommon just being incredibly good. That is actually like astonishing. Yeah, I mean, just doubling. It's like it's like a delayed anointed procession in the command zone. That's anointed procession being arguably the best white token card. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's in between that and. Uh... I mean, they fundamentally do different things, but it's in between that and uh, Divine Visitation. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It's... That is... in this, Okay, and this is each end step. You can oh, do it every sorry. turn. Yeah, stuff like Ophiomancer is really good. This oh, is just max synergies, but you definitely want to be playing Anthems and your classic token buff things, because these are flyers that it's making. It's not like where you're making, like, soldiers or whatever. These have flying, so they're, like, actually good evasive attackers. Yeah, and that's just so many ETBs and leave the battlefield triggers. Yeah, so, um, like, uh, stuff like Mentor of the Meek will be very good in this deck. Yeah. Um, you're Obviously, you're going to play Blood Artist, Zulaport Cutthroat, that, that sort of thing. But Felice just a very good, strong, powerful... I oh, think yeah. this the premier always have tokens, Commander. Um, that seems plausible. Is it Alenda the Dusk Rose was the... Yeah, Alenda's the other really good one, but Alenda's much more expensive. Um, yeah, no, I think the lease is... Yeah, I think... Incredibly powerful. Especially in budget games with less removal. Oof, that just will take over. Yeah, I mean, is also good, but Tesa does a fundamentally different thing. That wants to make creatures upon death, but... Yeah, I think the lease, if you're just trying to go wide and swarm with flying tokens and get your token aristocrat sack fix in, then I think the lease is the way to go now. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to Izzet. We have Captain Vargas Wrath. Uh, they are a 1-1 legendary creature orc pirate for a blue and a red. So just an Izzet. And whenever Captain Vargas Wrath attacks... Pirates you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So this is either a 99 card or... I mean, yeah, obviously it's either a 99 or it's a commander, but it's not a commander. I don't think you want this to be your pirate's commander. You can do so much better. Beckett Brass is way better. Beckett Brass is really Um, good. Yeah, the new Malcolm and Breaches is much better. You can also do Dogo, Dogo Malcolm, Dogo Breaches. You just have many better ways to go than Vargas Wrath. Uh, but Vargas Wrath is a very good um, pirate card. I mean, oh, you could yeah, even do better with this than the other, the, the Nexus that card. You don't even have to but, play a pirate commander. It's just any commander. You could play, um, well, there's a certain zero mana commander, Kobold. <laughs> Rograk. Um, I mean... Rograk Malcolm would be it better pumps than itself. It's and, only a one-one. Yeah. Just outside of combat, just gets uh, just literally will get like lava doted. Oh yeah, I don't know. This seems like in in a pirates deck for sure, and maybe in other decks, um, it just seems like a really cheap card that would do a lot in the game. Yeah, it's definitely a good ninety-nine code, but uh. Yeah, very impactful because it can sometimes give plus two, plus two, or plus three, plus three in the case of like Malcolm breaches and 
Um, yeah, I mean, Vulgus Wrath, not not that much to be seen. Um, one second. Alright, uh, that was fine, we were done with Vulgus Wrath, we can just move on to Zera. Uh, our next commander is Zera, Renegade Recruiter. Uh, Zera is 3 blue and a red for a 4-3 legendary creature human pirate. 4-3, uh, with flying. And Zera also has, uh, whenever Zera, Renegade Recruiter, attacks, look at defending player's hand. You may put a creature card from it onto the battlefield, under your control, tap and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So it's like reverse sneak attack. A little bit, yeah. It's, um... I don't know how good this is actually as a commander. It doesn't really give you a direction to play into. Because you're just relying on your opponent having, like, an Emrakul in their hand. Um... I don't know, it's also a lot of mana. Is it 99 color coming through? Yeah, probably. This seems like... it. Yeah, it's definitely definitely seems like it doesn't do quite enough to be a good commander. It's a very interesting card. I mean, it seems really good with bounce spells because a lot of bounce spells are at instant speed for like oh, one right. blue mana. And you know, say, oh, you have a a grave titan. How do you feel if you know I attacked you with it, and then I get two zombies and well, I you get, won't get an the ETB. attack? Yeah, you'll get the ETB trigger on the grave titan. Oh, you know, not the attack trigger. trigger. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get attack triggers from Zero, which is something to note. You also don't get cast triggers because you're not casting it, so Emrakul wouldn't be that good. But um, yeah, no Zero, ninety nine card for uh, pirates Pretty and cool, really good Nobeka, really good Nobeka. Yeah. Um, who we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, why don't you get our next commander? Sure. Moving into uh, the best color combination, Golgari. Um, we have Abomination of Lanoir. Abomination of Lanoir is one, a black and a green for a star, star, legendary creature, elf horror, with vigilance and menace. And Abomination of Lanoir's power and toughness are equal to the number of elves you control, plus the number of elf cards in your graveyard. Really, Wizards, this is the best you could do. <laughs> You're going to push black, green elves, but then give us, like, it's just a beater. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't even have trample. Yeah, I mean, you gave us me. They gave us me all, uh, which is good, but it doesn't. Ah, uh, there's not much I could say. I'm just disappointed. It just doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's just disappointing. All right, next up we've not got not even good in an elf deck because I think elf decks have better things to do than playing a three <laughs> mana four four vigilance. No, you minutes. could play. You could play elvish arch druid at the three mana slot, like an Azuri, you know. Right. Yeah. Alright, next we've got Bell Bay Corrupted Observer. This one is much neater, yeah. and let alone not an elf commander. Uh, black, green, uh, legendary creature, zombie elf for 2 2. And at the beginning of each player's post combat main phase, so everybody, that player adds uh, diamond, diamond, so two colorless mana, for each of your opponents who lost life this turn. Damage causes loss of life. So, basically, you want ways to be able to deal damage to each of your opponents. So, like, Sanctum of Stone Fangs is a very good example. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, but... at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, deals one damage to each um, You know what I... Each player. Yeah, the one thing I really like about this is that it says, at the beginning of each player's post-combat main phase, that player adds um, colorless, colorless for each of your opponents. Right. Who lost this turn, not that player's opponents. Um which incentivizes your opponents to not attack you, and I think that could lead to a lot of really interesting politics situations. Yeah, so looking back at some of the two mana commanders, we've had Quain, terrible. Jury, terrible. Captain Fogus Wrath, also terrible. And now they just blow it out of the water with, like, Bellway is so powerful. Like, just being able to play, like, Sanctum Stonefangs, and then Bellway on three, and then you have six mana in your post-combat main phase. Um... 
in the latest episode of the Command Zone's Extra Tones, uh, forget who it was who was playing Bell Bay, but um, it was it was one uh, Josh Murphy <laughs> played uh, Bell Bay, and then oh no, it was Jake Boss. Jake Boss played Bell Bay, and then uh, on Tone Three played a Worm Coil Engine off of Bell Bay's trigger. Yeah, it definitely Which feels like, like if if your deck is a lot better equipped to do damage to opponents, you know, if you're playing Balbane, your opponents are playing like a zombie, you know, into well, my other... rune deck, which is like totally Yeah, sure. Yeah. A zombie rune and like um I can Your like... Moldrotha deck is also not like Yeah, sure. My Moldrotha deck just doesn't swing. Um you're consistently getting six mana. I mean, potential. You should be getting six mana every turn for free, in addition to that um, other added bonus of making your opponents not want to attack you. Yeah. So this is just now. I think is the best black green artifact commander. I think it's better than Glissa. Um, like because it ramp, it can oh, yeah. ramp I, so I'm hard. Not sure Glissa. Yeah. I mean, Glissa's. Yeah, Glissa's good, but I think Bell Bay on turn two. It just does being so able much. to just start ramping you, yeah, your opponents get it, but you're better equipped to use that colorless mana than your opponents. Here's are. a question: How do you feel about this card, Balbe, in the ninety-nine rather than uh, as a commander, just as a way to potentially get some mana and make the game more exciting, but also as a what, what seems like a fairly strong um, way to ward off your opponent's attacks? I mean, two mana is definitely not nothing. Yeah, no, I think this is excellent in any black-green deck. Like, I wouldn't say you should put this in, like, say, Moldrotha, but any aggressive black-green deck, say, um, Thantis the Warweaver, yeah. or um, Vivictus Osmati, or any aggro black-green deck, like any Ikrashidiki deck that this is good in. Um, yeah, any black-green deck that wants to be swinging with creatures, I think Belbay is an incredible card that can help ramp you. And yeah, and like Charlie said, ward off your opponent's attacks because they're more incentivized to attack your opponents. I feel like it's probable that this may subconsciously do a lot more than people think it might do. Like people are like, no, I'm not going to attack them. I really want the two mana. And it seems like that might actually like, you know, be really underestimated and it might prevent a lot of damage at the game. That's my yeah, suspicion. It's like putting a it's like putting a coast on all of your opponents, like a or a coast on all of your opponents. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think Bell Bay is very good. Uh, next up, we've got Bell Borka, Spectral Sergeant. What's with the bells? Uh, yeah, you could read Bell Borka. Bell Borka, Spectral Sergeant, is two a red and a white for a star five legendary creature, Spirit Soldier. Note the converted mana cost of each card as it's put into exile. Bell Borka, Spectral Sergeant's power is equal to the greatest number noted for it this turn. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Lots of B names. Bell Bay, Bell Borka. Yeah. Um, oh, this could have had the potential of being so good. Oh, yeah. It's doing everything right, and then its payoff is that Bell Borka gets power. Like, what? Why? Like, we've been, we also, like, we've been asking for all these commanders. Didn't we make an impulsive draw commander in our commander design lab? I think we did. I believe so, yeah. And our impulsive draw commander was definitely more powerful than this, perhaps more too powerful. But I think this one's going to fall short. Like it, it sure, yeah, it's an outpost siege in the command zone. But the fact that the payoff is that it gets power, <laughs> it, it doesn't even have flying. Like, what in the world? It's a spirit, an and it doesn't have flying. Siege in the command zone? Yeah, I mean, that's not what you want to be doing. Like, if you would have even had it been, like, Valakid Exploration, where it, like, dealt damage equal to the greatest number noted for it. Like, that would, to, like, any target, or even just, like, one opponent, it would have been better than what it's doing. Yeah, would like, you it, rather... It doesn't even have flying. You know, would you rather be playing a... Something that literally like does nothing, or would you rather be playing, you know, like Lathiel, the bount 
the bounteous dawn and then next turn you're immediately swinging for like 10 more damage versus now you're getting hey maybe it's a an 8-5 and you got rid of an expensive card or it's a oh i just spent four mana on a 1-5 yeah you, the thing about commanders is you want them to be payoffs for what the rest of your deck is doing right that seems to be a common thread for a lot of the best commanders we've seen like joyra is a payoff uh that like there are a couple of commanders that are enablers. Like, um, for example, Charlie's Muldrotha deck. Muldrotha is an enabler, but most good decks, like most of the best decks in the format, are rewarding you for stuff that you already want to do. Like Tulane, Joyra. You already want to play artifacts in Joyra. You're just being rewarded for it. And Tulane, you already want to play creatures. You're just getting rewarded for it. Meanwhile, you've got Bell Borka, which is an enabler, but then doesn't pay you off for Exile and Cards well. Like, the best case scenario is you get, like, a 10-5. But that's only if somehow a 10-CMC thing gets put into Exile. Yeah, and now you've exiled a 10-CMC card that you're probably not going to be able to cast, and... I mean, yeah, it's cool. Like, if you path of, to Path of Exile, Swords to Plowshares, yeah, that also counts for Belborka. I think the the idea of playing with Exile is insane, and it's so cool, but the fact that all it does is make Belborka's power higher, so it just gets chump-locked. And the amount of costs that exist on Belborka, you know, the four mana, the no abilities, the, like, the cost of if you put expensive cards in your deck you're probably not going to be able to cast them but if you put low expense low cost cards in your deck that are like ramp or something you're probably going to flip them and now you have a you know a four mana one five and then the greatest thing in the world is when you flip a land which yeah. is going to happen 40 percent of the time <laughs> yeah but Borka, you had the opportunity to be so good but instead you just you're just bad <laughs> all right next up we've got ray of master smith Red and a white for a legendary. There are a lot of two CMC commanders. I like it. Yeah. A legendary creature, Dwarf Artificer, 2 2. Whenever a creature you control that's enchanted or equipped attacks, that creature gains double strike until end of turn. This is just like the uh, polar opposite of Belborka. You know, Belborka is expensive. It doesn't do anything and it doesn't like achieve what it's trying to do. Whereas this, it's simple, it's like concise, and you you just play creatures, you play equipment, and then you attack for damage. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's, it's just falling short. It, I don't it, because it's just another like the reason why Belborka had the opportunity to be so good. It was be, be strictly because it was almost in the t it could have been in the tier of the only two good Boros commanders, and potentially there's now a two and a half one there is feather and there's winota the reason why feather and winota are good is because they give you good repeatable card advantage winota flips over humans feather returns cards back to your hand that can also be cantrips that draw you more cards belborka yes draws you more cards however does absolutely nothing outside of it rayov on the other hand is just another attacky boros commander which has been tried, and it doesn't work. There is nothing that wizards can attempt to do to make Boros attacky work. They made the ultimate Boros attack commander, like, ten years ago, or whatever. The Aurelia the War Leader is the ultimate Boros attacky commander. It gives you extra combat. But it's still bad, and I don't think Rayov is... I mean, yes, it's doing artifacts and enchantments, but SRAM is just so yeah, much that's, better. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like... It's yeah. The ability to do this is in seeing how many artifacts already give like double strike. Oh yeah, you are yeah, right. Going to run out of cards if, especially with a two mana commander, one that you're trying to get out, you're getting out quick out of the gates. It's it just feels like I mean maybe you go turn one Colossus Hammer, turn two Rayov, turn three you know one of the magnetic Yes, but that's Dreamland. Yeah, it just it doesn't give trample, and it's yeah. Instead, you're okay. killing one person, and it's getting shocked to death. You know. What if they gave the Embercleave ability? Whenever a creature that you control that's enchanted or equipped attacks, that creature gains double strike, trample, and plus one, plus one until end of turn. Would that be good enough to make the Rayov good? I don't think that's what makes Rayov miss. I think it's that it dies to shock, 
in that it doesn't give you any card advantage, and that's what makes right, it right. Right, right. But I, I mean, if it was, if its ability was so obscenely powerful that it turned all of your equipments into Embercleave, would it be good enough? There are already like I feel like there's already obscenely powerful effects that fall short, like Aurelia. Right, because they just died a Doomblade. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there's that much you can do to fix Rayov. I mean, Belborka had the opportunity to be, be very good as something that gives you card advantage. I feel like if you're gonna play Rayov and you want to do the equipment thing, you either play Wyleth, which we'll talk about on the next episode, or you play um the new Akiri, Akiri um, which one is it? Uh, Fearless Voyager, the one that draws you cards for equipped creatures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rayov could have... I mean, not not even could have been good. I mean, Rayov is just still... Even though it is this cool enchantment or equipment thing that I like, it's too attacky, and it just dies very easily. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to Simic. Um, yeah. So we're uh, just for reference, we're skipping over a couple commanders here. Wyleth, Soul of Steel, and AC, Tyrant of... Gyre straight, uh, because those are the, uh, what's the word? Precon. Precons. Commanders. Yeah. Yeah, the precon commanders. We'll talk about those in the ne- next episode because this episode's kind of already sort of long. Yeah. Um, long both in the wait and both the time of episode. Um, and I, so yeah, Simic. Uh, Gore Muldrak, Imphenologist. Imphenologist. I think it's amphenologist. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, there's no amphenophino. Yeah, amphen and amphenologist. Am Salamander Man. Um, yes. One a green and a blue for a three-two legendary creature, human scout. You and permanents you control have protection from salamanders. That is the best text ever. Oh yeah. At the beginning of your end step, each player who controls the fewest creatures creates a four-three blue salamander warrior creature token. Wow. Just wow. That's like, <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, this is like perhaps the weirdest card design we've ever seen on a commander. Oh, I can't just, I just can't get over how, like, it makes 4 3 salamander warriors. Like, um, <laughs> all right. Well, the most this... powerful way to build this deck is load it with, like, all those old things, like, uh, uh, magical hack, that sort of thing that can like change the, change the type lines of cards oh, to like salamander. Yeah. I was just thinking to like repeatedly fog. This feels like it does just so much nothing for something. <laughs> I it's like you hear it's salamander in your hopes, your heart just it rises and then it just slowly starts deflating when you it, read all the text. yeah I. I like it, but it should have just said everyone gets a 4-3 salamander. That would have been great. Then yeah, everyone's that... holding salamanders at each other, and that would have been great, because then you have the protection. Oh, yeah. Your salamanders have protection from the sal- That would have been more fun, because then everyone's throwing salamanders around. That's that, fun. That does seem like a fun group. But because it only gives you to one person, and it's probably not you, I think you have, like, in terms of Simic, yes, this is cool. But if you want a cool Simic, Deck, you can, there's so many options. Like yeah. on like Boros, there are so many options to play cool Simic decks. You've got uh, from like Pops just too many. We're about to talk about one. Yeah, I mean there there are some cool ones, especially this next one. Yeah, really quick. Um, you're saying if everyone created one at like at the beginning of each uh, at your end step, everyone created one. That'd be super interesting. Um, I'm a massive fan of Grismold the Dreadsower. I have a deck, and it's just so fun to play with oh, all the well, tokens. sometimes it's like creature token abuse though like uh, well that's, that's, just how I, like... that's how i play but yeah yeah um yeah so next we've got uh emoti celebrating a bounty emoti is three green and blue the art is very profit of crufix like but it's nothing like profit of crufix unfortunately uh, Legendary creature, Naga Druid, 3-1, with Cascade, which means when you cast the spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast le- cast it without paying its mana cost, then put the exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. So note that uh, whatever you cascade off of Emoti won't 
Uh, oh, wait, sorry, I should read uh, Emoti's second ability. Uh, spells you cast with converted mana cost 6 or greater have Cascade. Um, but basically, because the Cascade is on cast of Emoti, whatever you Cascade into will trigger before Emoti enters the battlefield. So you'll cast the Cascade spell before Emoti's on the battlefield, therefore it can't trigger the second ability. However, because spells that you cast can Cascade into other things that Cascade... The That's interesting cool. thing with this deck is you actually want as many six or greater spells as you can. Yeah, I was thinking, like, with this, you might just want to play, like, Karuga the Macro Sage as your companion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, no, that would be... I mean, I, I had Rune... Uh, Rune, for a bit, was Karuga Companion because of the obscene value that you can get off of Karuga drawing. However, uh, I took it out once they nerfed Companion because yep. it was too hard to pay three mana. Really then quickly. another five. But... Karuga's uh, thing is that your starting deck contains only cards with CMC three or greater, which in a deck like this, it seems like it'd be possible to uh, yeah do that. Yeah, but I think even but with the Companion nerf, I think you want to be running stuff like Soul Ring. You need that cheap, fast yeah, mana is... in order to because you just want as many cost efficient cards under six as you can fit into the deck like maybe you go for like i don't know could you go as low as eight eight cards with less that, than 16 that seems sketchy that especially seems like overkill yeah Amodi is a five mana commander with one toughness oh that's one toughness too yeah i feel like it dies to a lot of things yeah, maybe you just build a simic ramp deck i don't know i was hopeful <sighs> that you could do some cool cascade shenanigans I don't know. I think you're playing this in a Maelstrom uh, Yidris deck, or in the Maelstrom Wanderer deck. It's yeah. I don't know. You could try to do cool shenanigans with it. But I don't. I don't Who know doesn't love a good uh, Maelstrom Wanderer Cascade, Cascade, Cascade with Emoti? <laughs> cascade, Cascade, Cascade. Or you could play it with Apex Devastator, which is the one that has Cascade, 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 and then you get an additional Cascade. Cascade, cascade, cascade. I say, say that as many times. And then, oh, oh, and then the Apex Devastator cascades into um, Maelstrom Wanderer, of course. Oh, and so yeah, that gives you a cascade, 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 cascade. Cascade, cascade, cascade. And then that cascades oh. you into Yidris. Oh, no, Yidris is your commander. And then you attack and you do the whole. Okay, whatever. Well, that does it for our uh, all of the two color commanders. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We actually managed to keep this, like, just under an hour. So, uh, that was, like, the fastest we've ever talked about 20 cards. Yeah, that's pretty good, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be coming soon with the three-color commanders. We're hoping Plus to get that out Wyleth soon. and AC. But, yeah, well, th that'll be coming to you quite soon. Uh, yeah, we will all see um, you later. We will see you later. Um, hoping to get out some content before yeah. Caltheim comes. Oh, and Caltheim is going to be great. Um... um yeah, that does it for Thanks this for episode. with us. It's been it's been a while, but it's been like two and a half weeks. <laughs> it feels it feels School. like forever though. School, yeah. All right, well, everyone, we will see you next time. Uh, be sure to like, share, subscribe, do that sort of thing. Uh, send us an email, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. I got nothing else. Yeah.